shirt than they could have worn that day in Israel. We can ask God anything that we want. Uh, And we can ask questions that are born out of deep frustration and deep doubt about why the world is the way that it is. And out of our own deep pain and suffering with the things that we have had to endure. There are no questions that are out of bounds. Only remember that we might not always get the answer that we want. Instead of answers, Jesus gives the disciples a promise and he gives them a mission. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Instead of a comprehensive explanation for why there is evil and a date certain for its passing, Jesus Christ gives his disciples something to do and promises them the power to do it. In difficult times, the risen Christ calls us to meet the future, not with timetables and firm knowledge, but with faith in him. Faith that is born by encountering his living presence. He calls us to trust that we and the world are destined for good things. Even if we don't know what that timetable is, and if we are questioning why the road toward that destination is so curvy and so meandering. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Let's talk about it for a minute about what that promise of power means for us. You know, first churches have a certain reputation in, in all communities. Uh, they have a reputation for being where the power people go, right? That's where the attorneys, the lawyers, the business owners, the political and civic leaders worship. That's a reputation that is not just true of this church, but it's true of probably any first church in any community. And there is power to wield if you find yourself in one of these roles or occupations. And the temptation for people of faith is to think that these human and secular sources of power are sufficient to power us as a church of Jesus Christ. But the church of Christ runs on a different power source. One that doesn't flow from secular wisdom or worldly authority. Just look at this strange group of people in the upper room in these days before Pentecost. Uh, An odd assortment of fishermen, carpenters, midwives, homemakers that Christ has called to follow him. His mother was there too. The homemaker above all, the mother of Jesus. In the words of the Apostle Paul, not many of them were wise by human standards. Not many of them were of noble birth. There were no kings or queens or PhDs in that upper room. But by the power of the Holy Spirit, they were disciples who turned the world upside down. The creeds of the church tell us that the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. The Lord and giver of life is how the Nicene Creed puts it. Another answer to the question, who is the Holy Spirit, an answer that may arise more directly from the scripture this morning, is that the Holy Spirit is the person who shares the power of Christ with the members of his body, the church. In fact, you could say that without ceasing to be a person, the Holy Spirit is that power, that power of Christ. The Holy Spirit is the power of disciples to name evils in the world and to drive them out. The Spirit is the power to release the sick from the infirmities 
that they struggle with. The Spirit is the power of ordinary, uneducated folks to confess their faith in Christ as Lord before kings and governors and tyrants and remind them that they who stand in judge of them will one day be judged by the risen Lord. The Spirit is the inspiration to cross continents and bodies of water and to cross barriers of gender and ethnic rivalry to make new friends. Friendships that are bound together by the love of Christ for all of us. The Holy Spirit is the power to save the faithful from persecution and to convert persecutors into defenders of the faith. The Spirit is how Jesus kept his promise that the one who believes in him will do greater works than him. It's the power to know the peace of Christ that is being forgiven and the hope of eternal life. The Spirit of God is empowering you to be a part of the answer to your prayers, how long? When we pray in times of trouble or distress. The Spirit is the divine power that saves us from being tyrants in our own spheres of worldly influence. And the Spirit transforms us into servant leaders at home and in the workplace, in the community, and right here in the congregation. Where do you get this power? Well, you can't get it from a book. You can't get it from a degree program. It's not waiting for you in the corner office you aspire to or have already moved into. You can't write a grant for it. Uh, It's not the potential energy in those weights at the fitness center. The power of the Holy Spirit comes from the church being in prayer. And that's where we find the disciples at the end of this morning's scripture reading, praying together. Now, I think if you sat down and read the book of Acts for the first time, you might think that Luke is not a very good storyteller, because his sequel to the Gospel of Luke doesn't really get off to a very, I don't know, exciting start. Uh, Jesus steps off stage in chapter 1, and then at the end of the scripture reading, the disciples are holed up, praying, and hanging out. Nothing much happens, you know, in this passage of Scripture. But this narrative pause in the story is a pregnant pause. Luke wants us to understand that it was necessary for the church to come together in prayer to prepare for the arrival of the Holy Spirit. Prayer was the church's means of plugging into this divine power source. Once they were fully charged... Then they opened the doors to the world around them, and the world was never the same. With one accord they devoted themselves to prayer, say some translations. Other translations read, they were constantly devoting themselves to prayer. Prayer was the only thing on their agenda in this short season between the departure of Christ and the arrival of the Holy Spirit. What if that were the case for us? In this season to come. What if we all paused and took a deep breath and collectively plugged ourselves into this divine power source? We're on the edge of summer, and summer is often a slow season in the life of congregations. What if we all devoted ourselves this summer not just to play, but to prayer as well, and made this Uh, pause in the rhythm of our congregational life, a pregnant pause. Who knows what God might give birth to us 
when things begin again in the fall. Who knows what God might do in and through us in the next season of ministry for this congregation. Boats reach their destination when the sailors hoist the sail and the breeze fills the sail with power. Construction workers can reach the sky when their power tools are plugged in or when they are fully charged. Churches reach their destination of making new disciples and sharing the love of Christ in word and in deed when they are filled with the power of the Holy Spirit that comes from a devotion to prayer. So this summer, let's plug in and let's see what God can do through us. In the name of the one who is and who was and who is to come. Thanks for listening. Please rate and review this podcast so that we can reach more people with the good news of Jesus Christ. To support our ministry, go to www.haddonfieldprez.org and click on the Give tab at the top of the page. Grace and peace be with you.